98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. All of today's top sports stories in one place. And here to deliver, as always, is Aaron Maloney. Aaron? Didn't have the right mic on. That is craziness. But the Arizona Cardinals held their annual red and white practice this past weekend. What did you guys see that got you excited for the upcoming season? Wolf, I know you're going to have a more detailed answer for this one. So I'm just going to say it was good to see Kyler Murray out there. It was good to see, as you said earlier, the fans showing him some love and uh, and, and vice versa. I mean, this is now, this is a, they've committed to a long-term relationship with Kyler Murray here on this team. And uh, that's going to be the key to everything going forward. Well, first of all, I love the fact that they were in full pads. That's number one right there because there was some question as to whether or not they were going to go spiders, which are shells basically, or go full pads and they did go full pads i thought that was kind of cool the turnout was awesome to see eighteen thousand fans they estimate eighteen thousand fans actually out here i love the fact that they had moved the ball team periods moved the ball team periods in other words they didn't script certain down in distance situations they went ahead and they moved the ball down as they thought the offensive play actually was working or not working they would move the ball even though they weren't going live and they weren't tackling I thought that was kind of cool right there. And then I love the fact, situationally, that they worked on the brown zone, which is inside your own 20-yard line, inside your 20 and all the way to your goal line. It's called the brown zone. You're backed up. They worked on that actually inside the five-yard line coming out. I love that situational football. They got some really good work on that. So I thought it was very, very productive on Saturday. Kyler Murray returned to practice after his COVID bout. So how will they handle the quarterback? Here's Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, we're going to get him loosened up. Uh, obviously, he's been out of commission for five days, kind of sitting around trying to feel better. Uh, so we'll see how he feels. And, and if he does anything, it'll be minimal football-wise. But I know he's going to run and lift and uh, just try and get get rolling again. Uh, we'll see. I want to see how he feels. He may do some indie um, or part of the warm-up, but we'll see. How much do you guys think we will see of Kyler Murray in the preseason? Yeah, it's a balance, right? I mean, you want to ramp him up, as Cliff keeps saying. He wasn't out there at all last week, and I think Kyler probably just wants to get out there on the field. But we didn't see him much on on the field during actual preseason games last year. And Cliff made it seem like that was, you know, partially by design, but also partially like, you know, that's just kind of what guys do in the NFL right now. A lot of the, the younger generation of starters around the league, they just don't play a lot if they're established starters. Yeah, Kyler Murray got very, very few snaps in preseason last year. I remember talking about it. Oh my goodness. The concern that was out there. Legitimately I had concerns. The lack of snaps that he was having in preseason. And then all of a sudden the Tennessee Titans game happened. Week number one. Think of how well. And he played out of his mind for two months. How well. Exactly. But especially that first game. How well Kyler Murray went out and played. Yeah, I I don't think we're going to see Kyler Murray at all. 
in any preseason. You don't think game. one series? Not even one series. That's just me. Okay. I, I listen. If they do it, will it shock me? No, it won't. But yeah, you know what? For the most part, I, I don't think we're going to see Gollum. So if I set the over under on series in the entire preseason at one and a half, you would definitely take the under on that. Yes. Okay. All right. I, I think I think we see him one. All right. I guess we'll just have to wait and find out, guys, right? Yeah, let's do it. According to Sham Sharania, in a meeting with Nets owner Joe Sy, Kevin Durant reiterated his trade request and informed him that he needs to choose between Durant or the pairing of GM Sean Marks and coach Steve Nash. Your thoughts on that? Boy, I, my, I'm still wrapping my mind around it because there's so many different ways that you could go with this. But, Wolf, the one thing, and we're going to talk about it again in a little bit, but the one thing that you really can't deny is that's probably not great news if you are a Brooklyn Nets fan and you want to keep Durant. He just went to the owner and said, get the GM and the coach out of here if you want to keep me. That's right. That's not ideal. That's not a 24-year-old guy, a 24-year-old superstar saying that. Uh-uh. That's a guy that you know is still one of the best players in the NBA, but he's 34 years old. Are you going to set that precedent? Would you be willing to set that precedent? I think it's a bad precedent. Does he to get to set. pick the coach and GM you hire, too? Yeah, exactly right. You would imagine he does. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? Exactly right. You could hire people where all of a sudden Kevin Durant's like, I'm not playing for these guys either. So it's a bad precedent to set. And because of that, if you're one of these Brooklyn Nets fans that that you were hoping for Kevin Durant to come back, I think this is bad for you because I think he's gone. Yeah, I don't know how you could hear that and think, okay, yeah, everything's everything's going to be fine. That was exactly what we were looking for from this meeting. And then really quickly, guys, ESPN looked at the NBA offseason grades for all of the NBA teams as they gave the Suns a C+. <laughs> how would you guys grade the Suns offseason? Uh, well, if, uh, if Kevin Durant's forcing his way out of Brooklyn, I'd give the Suns a solid A if they <laughs> land him. Uh, you know, look, I, honestly, I think I would just give it an incomplete because they really have been in a holding pattern trying to get Durant, which I think any team in that position would do. They've made a couple minor moves. They kept DeAndre Ayton. You really, what have you lost so far? You've lost JaVale McGee, who I liked, but that's not a horrible offseason. Getting Kevin Durant makes it an A. Um, running it back with DA right now, as it stands, even if you don't get Kevin Durant, makes it a B. I'm going to stick right there and say it's a B. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. All right, Wolf, when we come back, let's try to figure out what we can expect from Mar- Marco Wilson in year two, and we're going to do it by asking Marco Wilson. He's going to join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. On the edge, it's Marcus Golden. Call sign, junk. The junkyard dog, Marcus Golden. It feels good to be here, man, and still be playing the game. Holding down the D-line is J.J. Watt. Call sign, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I'm 
fortunate. I'm in the best job in the world. I get to come with 90 of my best buddies every day and practice football. I mean, it's awesome. And covering the defensive backfield, Buda Baker. Call sign Buda. I hold myself to a very high standard, and I try to be the best each and every day. Hopefully on the field, it shows each and every year. Picked off by Buda. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, we are out here at State Farm Stadium. Practice is going to start in about an hour. And joining us right now in the booth, we're pleased to be talking to Marco Wilson because I feel like, Marco, a lot of people have been talking about Marco Wilson now for a couple weeks and just the uh, the corner position in general. First of all, how, how has camp been treating you so far? Camp's been going well. I've uh, been going out there trying to get better every day at practice. It's been fun. Talk to me about last season, your rookie year, your expectations going in, Marco, and what was it like playing football in the National Football League as a rookie? Uh, going in, I didn't, I didn't really try to expect anything. I think it's better that way so I can just, just take everything as it comes and just uh, just see it all as new experiences. Um, but the experience that I did have, was it was great. It was great to come in and uh, play as many snaps as I did. It was very fortunate as a young guy to be able to do that and get, get some experience and then be able to play in the playoffs in my first season um hopefully we can go back there this year and 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 have a better performance there but i I thought it was great just just get that good experience early on um it felt good how how did you approach that season because there's a lot of talk that you know the cardinals maybe could have you were first round talent they obviously got you a lot later which just works out perfectly for them because they get you as a steal and you step into a position that was a huge position of need for them did you come into the league at all thinking like okay i'm going to prove a lot of people wrong or was that not necessarily your focus yeah I, I never really try to focus on proving people wrong honestly i feel like when you when you focus on that you focus on the wrong thing i mean it's my life um i'm, I'm focused on waking up every day impressing myself and, and making sure that i'm happy with how i'm living my life and and the things that i'm trying to reach towards and you know at the same time trying to make sure i please god and everything that i'm doing but i don't i don't try to focus on proving anybody right or wrong outside of me or god you just Man, said everything that. this guy always says he wants to hear from marco, a young player marco i can't even believe you just said that because i've been talking about that seriously for years um Prove yourself right, mm-hmm. right? Go out. Don't try to, you know, look at, don't be externally motivated. Be internally motivated. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you are. Well done on your part right here. Last year, just watching you play, you got off to an unbelievable start. I, I, Marco, I'm telling you right now, I said it over and over and over again as the Arizona Cardinals color analyst on the broadcast. I said, Marco Wilson could be rookie of the year could be rookie of the year defensively because of how you were playing and then it seemed like the last third the last four or five games you kind of tailed a little would you agree with that yeah for sure i would agree what did you see with yourself marco um, I'll, I'll just say that's probably just me being a rookie, um, never dealing with a season being that long and just having to adjust with a few injuries and stuff like that. But uh, going into a season now, my second year, knowing what to expect from, you know, how my body will feel and just how, how long the season can be mentally and physically, I feel like uh, things like that won't show up anymore. So you think you may have hit that rookie wall? Yeah, maybe without realizing, but uh, probably did. I've never had to play that long and stuff like that, but it's something that, for sure I need to be ready for this year because you know the season's long so you're preparing for it mentally yeah. hey, are your teammates doing this as well because Marco it just wasn't you as well I mean the last five six games of the season we know how bad it went it was the entire team 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we for sure. Uh, that's an emphasis on everybody. We know in, in anything you do, you got to finish strong. And we realized that that's not what we did last year. And um, considering that the Super Bowl is going to be right here in our stadium this year, we got to finish stronger than ever. Is that a rallying cry? I know you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves, but I've heard a few of you guys now say, look, we're aware that the Rams won in L.A. and Tampa won in Tampa, and, and the Super Bowl is here this year. Is that even a little extra pressure on this season? Uh, I'll say it's, it's definitely something we're thinking about, but um, personally I, I wouldn't try to put any pressure on, on ourselves about that. You know, just focus on, you know, right now we got to focus on training camp and then focus on the Chiefs. Just folk, take it one week at a time, and then if we handle it the right way one week at a time, we'll be playing right here in the Super Bowl. Marco, do you have a preference as to whether or not you're gonna you're gonna walk up over a dude and play some press man cover on him, or maybe play in a zone room? Do you, do you have a preference as to what you like? Uh, coming out of college, I did um, because in college I was just used to playing a lot of man and stuff. But now uh, being in VJ's defense and he throws a lot of different coverages at you, I don't really mind anymore because now I can I know I can play man or I can play zone, and it's it's great to know how to play. What ball. is the difference though? What 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 do you focus on? Because uh, I obviously, as a fullback in the National Football League, I knew nothing about what it was like to play in a zone room. What, what is the difference? Is there a different mindset? Yeah, for sure. I, I would say zones could be a lot more challenging, though, because you have to you have to see a lot a lot of other things. It's not you just line up and look at one guy. Because man, you know, line up, look at the guy in front of you, and don't take your eyes off him and go where he goes. So that's pretty plain and simple. But zone, you got to read your keys and stuff like that, and drop to certain areas based off of what other people on the offense do so it could be a bit more challenging but it gives you opportunity to make more plays on the ball so that's good your first year in the nfl i mean you went up against some really good receivers especially early last season what's what did you notice as maybe being the biggest challenge making that jump from college to the nfl and seeing some of these guys uh I would just say the it's not more physical. It's just uh, about like the mental part of the game. Those guys are are really smart. I mean, especially like the older receivers I go against. So they've seen a lot of a lot of things over and over and over. So their their thought process before the play, they can they can do things that you know might mess with you uh, throughout the route and stuff like that. But you know that just comes with time and experience and watching film. So that's just it, it was great to go against a lot of older guys and a lot of experienced guys because it helps me learn as well. So how is the injury right? now and do you expect to play this friday in cincinnati yeah i I, i'm feeling good and i expect to uh go whenever my team needs me okay so you you feel like you have recovered but you're not going to be out there today practicing are you uh i should be out there moving around getting to see how i feel okay maybe some individual work okay cool we're talking to Marco Wilson. Um, Marco, you, you, this being your second year now in the league and this being your second camp, do you feel like you are pretty well established in your position or are you still earning the trust of a guy like Cliff Kingsbury or Vance Joseph? Like, Are you comfortable with where you are within Vance Joseph's uh, system specifically? Uh, I mean, I, I, in terms of knowing the playbook, I, I feel like I know the playbook really well and I feel like that's the reason why I got to play as many snaps as I did last year. But I always feel like I'm going out here trying to make sure I, I can know more you know, there's always more I can know. I can know what the what the Nichols doing. Know what the maybe the D line, the linebackers doing because that can help me. So, and, and let's say we're running those zone defenses, I know where my players on my defense should be, so that can help me play to my advantage 
play to, to play to my help and stuff like that. So, Marco, do you, do you prefer playing on the outside, or or do you like playing in this slot? Uh, I I mean I played outside most of my career, so I do like playing outside more. But uh, I'm as you can see when I was in college, I played a lot of nickel as well. So I'm anytime I need to go inside, I can cover inside just fine. How about the defense overall? How would you characterize Vance Joseph's defense? How aggressive is it? I'll say it's pretty aggressive, but I'll say it, there's a lot of options of things that he can throw at uh, offenses. That I really like that about his defense. So you guys got a lot of different stuff that you do and try to do to offenses. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Talking to Marco Wilson. Uh, Marco, Cliff Kingsbury's comments last week, I don't know if you heard him or not, but he said, okay, look, the jury's still out on, on Marco Wilson. That's not typically something we hear from Cliff. Did you hear that? Do you do you read anything into that, or is that just kind of common for camp? No, I hear things like that, but uh, when it comes to you know depth charts and stuff like that, I mean, it's it's never certain. I mean, they always tell us the best guys are going to play, no matter how long you've been here or how short you've been here. And I, I seen that last year coming in as a, a fourth rounder and being able to take those snaps. So uh, the key for me is just, to never get comfortable and think that I'm good where I'm at because I know that I can lose my spot as easy as anybody. I like that answer. That is a great answer right there. It goes back to being internally motivated, does yeah. it not? Yeah, yes, it yeah you know, I thought Cliff was using a little coaching tactic right there as well to kind of poke and prod you. Yeah, have, you have you had that conversation with him personally? Has he talked to you? Has he grabbed you to the side and said, hey, listen, we're, we're counting on you to step up and do this. Have you had that conversation with him? I haven't had that conversation with him but uh vj's make he's made it known in, in in team meetings with everybody like i said like no one's spot is for sure here i mean you can you can step up and play or you can step back if you're not handling your business you mm -hmm. marco uh, there's a lot of talk about this team obviously coming into the season and usually when people look at corner they say okay they got byron murphy and marco wilson and then we don't know behind them um Give us the name of a couple guys that, that are your teammates that are people are going to know at the cornerback position. I think for sure one guy that, that, that deserves some respect and, and should get a lot more respect is uh, Antonio Hamilton because uh, that's the guy that, that came in. Um, he, he's the best guy I've seen on special teams and that he could turn around and lock down anybody, any receiver down on the field um, if he needs to. And he could play inside, he could play outside, he could play safety. So I think that's somebody that's going to gain a lot of respect this year. He was good last year too. Why, yeah. why doesn't he get respect like that? I think I think probably one of the things just that he He's probably just not one of the big name guys like everybody, you know. And people usually gravitate towards guys with with the big name and who's really popular. But if you really cut the film on, that's that's a guy who's really getting it done. You know, I, I ask this question all the time of professional athletes. I I wasn't a goal guy. I wasn't a goal guy. I came in every year and I I was desperate, Marco, to you know make a team. Mm. That was my goal. Make mm. a team. Period. How about you? What are you a goal guy? And if so, what are the your goals? Uh. I would say in college I used to be a real big goal guy like about like accolades and and oh I wanted to get the gym Thor if I wanted but uh, now I kind of get away get away from that stuff and I just I just think about what I want to work on and what I want to get better at and then and then what I want to do like as a team like I, I do want to go play in a Super Bowl with my team and I know mm -hmm. of course if we get to that point and and I'm just focusing on the things I need to work on and and playing how I need to play all that stuff should take care of itself so I don't really try to think about all those all those other crazy things yeah what do you think you do need to work on Marco like where do you think you need to get better I would say for sure my zone coverages because like I said coming out of college I was more like a, a man guy right. I needed to learn some more so definitely my zone coverages and this year I just want to get my hands on the ball 
That's the main thing. Marco, we appreciate the time, man. I know you got practice coming up. Good luck out there this season. Thank you so much. Thanks, appreciate buddy. you guys for having me. Thanks a lot. That's Marco Wilson joining us right there. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Kevin Durant met with Nets owner Joe Sy, and it's not great news if you're a Nets fan. We'll explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Boy, it seems so official when Jim puts it in the update, doesn't it? Yeah. This is the way he said Kevin Durant not happy with the uh, the direction of the Brooklyn Nets. Now it seems like official. It does. Now that Jim said it. Yeah. Now I feel like Brooklyn's in trouble after that. Right now, Joe Sy is like, what is going on? Jim just totally reported the way that it is. Now Kevin Durant has got to go. Yeah, so if you're if you're wondering what has happened, uh, Sham Sharania wrote a piece on The Athletic within about the last hour or so. And so I've just been reading it during the breaks. But the tweet that he sent to send it out, this is from Sham's sources. Kevin Durant informed Joe Sy that he does not have faith in the Nets' direction. The meeting was described as transparent and professional with a clear message, keep me or the GM and coach. You know, the part we glazed over when we first saw this, like just kind of as we were reacting live on the air, Wolf, was the he does not have faith in the Nets' direction. And as I'm reading the story, that's the second paragraph down, flat out. It just says, Kevin Durant stated he does not have faith in the team's direction, sources said. <sighs> Man, this is this is really hard for me right now as a former professional athlete. One of the things that I didn't like or get along with very well in the locker room was a passive-aggressive guy. You know what? This is the hyper-aggressive alpha male paradigm. Just be aggressive, dude. Don't be passive-aggressive. And you know what? Honestly, I think there's a lot of passive-aggressive in Kevin Durant. The more and more I hear, and the more and more I'm thinking about this right now, you know what? Uh, I know what I'm about to say doesn't make a lot of sense. I just don't know if I want Kevin Durant as much as I did. I, I don't know if I'm ready to say that I am crazy about Kevin Durant coming to the Phoenix Suns. Because maybe he would be passive-aggressive here as well. Like he's been in how many teams now? Well, if he came to the Suns, that would be four, correct? Mm-hmm. Four yeah. teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel Somebody like... with his talent, yeah. four teams. I feel like he he stuck by Oklahoma City for a while and then at the weirdest time left for the team that if I remember right Golden State came back from down 3-1 to beat them in the playoffs and then he jumped to Golden State the next year Yes, um, it's funny because they say this uh, Shams says this meeting took place in London on Saturday and that would be a year to the day after he signed his four year extension which is just now about to kick in <laughs> so it's like I, I don't know I, I keep thinking to Kendrick Man. Perkins and what he was saying you know, when this story all kind of broke at the end of June of, yeah, be careful what you wish for if you want Kevin Durant, because he's never happy anywhere. But I, I will say this, and I think that does apply to, what are there, there's 29 other teams other than the Nets. I think about 25 of them are probably wasting their time if they really think they're going to get Kevin Durant, because he's, if he's not happy there, yeah, he's not going to be happy, I'm sorry, in Toronto or most of these places. Now, there are a few. I don't think Phoenix is the only place that he would go and play and 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 stick around, but I do think that he obviously has faith in the Suns' direction. They just won 64 games, and he's a huge Booker fan, and he likes Monty Williams. So, 
Oh, I know. There's only a few teams he, 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 he could play for. You know what? Honestly, though, yeah, of course you like Monty Williams. Yeah, of course. James Jones. Yeah, well, that's what I'm Why saying. Why would you? Devin Booker. Are you kidding me? Why wouldn't you like these but guys? it's not like Brooklyn is Orlando or something, right? Orlando has a good player now. I don't know. Whoever the worst team, Sacramento, is who I always go to. It's not like Kevin Durant's trying to get out of Sacramento right now. Brooklyn has talent. They're just a circus. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just wondering. You know what? Honestly, it's it's just starting to resonate with me. It is. And I know it's it doesn't make any sense. The talent of Kevin Durant, he's still, even at age 34 right now, you're talking about one of the top ten, one of the top seven basketball players in the in the basketball universe. I mean, honestly, think about that, right? You're talking about one of the best, one of the best of the best. You're talking about one of the best of all time. One of the, but I know, but even now, even at his age right now, 34, to me, I know that seems ridiculous. You've got Chris Ball over here. He's 37. <laughs> I mean. Well, he was great while he was 36. Exactly. But, you know, he's 34, and I'm thinking, of, you know, he's still one of the best of the best, and yet... The thing that made the Phoenix Suns of Phoenix Suns last year was the culture and the chemistry they had going on. Now, I know that it collapsed. I know. We all saw it. But to me, it collapsed for a reason. A reason the Suns know. And we may not. And that just makes it a question mark for me with Kevin Durant. Now, a couple things. If you keep saying that, Maloney will cut your mic eventually, and okay. you just won't be on the show. Um, I'm still all well, in on this. Coming. <laughs> I'm still all in on this, but you're right. I mean, I've, I've sort of wrestled with this on the air for the last month or so. I mean, there is something to the idea of a player forcing himself out and forcing a trade. I don't like that as much as just, hey, you're a free agent. You want to go somewhere and you get some of your friends that just happen to be some of the best players in the NBA to go somewhere. That's at least a little more. That doesn't bother me as much as it as it bothers the old school basketball players of, hey, these guys all want to play with their buddies. Okay. When you're forcing your way out, okay. I don't like it as much. I will say this. We don't know everything that's going on in Brooklyn, but from the outside, I could see that being a toxic situation. Okay, um, okay, Draymond Green. What do you think of Draymond Green? Do you uh, like Dr- Draymond Probably Green? a really great teammate and probably irritating sometimes. <laughs> probably very, very irritating sometimes. How, how did he get along with Kevin Durant? That was up and down. <laughs> <laughs> they did some good things together. Would you say volatile? Yes. Of course, you know, and, and I'm just saying right now, I love the competitiveness of Draymond. That's the one thing I really respect. Now, I don't like the antics that come with it. He doesn't want you to like the antics. You know that. I I know, but I don't like it as a pro. Okay, I don't like that. But having said that, the guy's tenacity and toughness and competitiveness wasn't a great fit with Kevin Durant. No, and that's what made it so interesting that he goes to Brooklyn and he helps orchestrate, okay, bring in Harden. Well, they have a history together and a good history in Oklahoma City. And they went to the finals with Oklahoma City. So, like, that one, okay. And and Ben Simmons, that's not Durant's fault. That was the uh, trade that they made. Maybe that's why he doesn't like the direction of the organization, honestly. Maybe that's why he's not so happy with Sean Marks. But he was a big part of bringing Kyrie in. If you were just in a dysfunctional situation where you still won titles, but you didn't get along with Draymond Green, why do you think you're going to get along with Kyrie? And yes. maybe, maybe he does. Maybe if Durant was here right now, he'd be like, look, Kyrie's not the problem. You guys are wrong. I have to think some of it is, okay, we shipped James Harden out. We brought in a guy that doesn't like to play basketball anymore in Ben Simmons. I can understand if, if Kevin Durant had never 
forced his way off of a team before, yeah. I would look at this and be like, I wouldn't want to play in Brooklyn right now either. <laughs> right. You know, it's so weird. I mean, this is a still point moment for me. Intellectually, I totally understand why I want the Suns to get Kevin Durant. Emotionally, I'm not there. Uh, when we come back, what can the Cardinals learn from Kyle Shanahan? That's next. That's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Everyone's excited about this year, especially on offense. We got the tools to be a really good offense. It's the start of a special journey. This group, we have staff-wise, player-wise, it'll never be the same again. You want to make it count and, and make sure uh, we all put our best foot forward. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, Wolf, you and I were talking about it before the show. Morning practices are great because it's a great way for us to, to start. You get to go out there and watch practice as show prep, and then you come up here and do the show. Yes. But um, on Mondays, they're doing this where they practice at 1. And, and I really do like, like, as the show's starting, the field's rolling in. You know, that, <laughs> that second hour, okay, you see a couple people walking around getting things set up. They're putting up the uprights. Now we're getting closer to practice. You're starting to see players out there on the field. So uh, practice is coming up here shortly. Now I want to play this clip by Kyle Shanahan, of course, of the 49ers from uh, late last week and over the weekend. I just want to get your thoughts on this for his approach to training camp. Yeah, I mean, I want everyone challenging each other. I mean, I don't care how much crap each other talk. I don't care how close they get to fighting. I mean, they can do whatever they want to get themselves going and being as intense as they want and bring the best out of each other, which happens a lot that way. Um, and it's the same on the field. But once you throw a punch, you get ejected or you get a penalty. And um, we pride ourselves on, I want people to be irritants. I want people to get as close as they can to all that stuff. Um, I want people to get right on the line where they're about to black out. Um, but you can't black out in football or you cost your team. So, um, But I love doing that to other people. <laughs> Kyle, B- Kyle Shanahan right there came so close. He came so close, honestly, right there. Because everyone knows when you get in a game, you can never do it. You can never do it in a game, ever. Every football player that has ever lived knows that. Once you get in a game where the flags come out and you impact the game and you can do it in a very negative way, By getting into some type of brawl, even getting ejected from the game, you can never allow that to happen in a game. Yep. But in practice, you know what? Um, Yeah, every now and then it's not the worst thing that could possibly happen. And I'm glad to see Kyle Shanahan actually acknowledge that fact. Kyle kind of seems like, I obviously have never been to 49ers camp, but he kind of seems like, within reason... Let's try some stuff. Anything goes, except no Jimmy G. <laughs> that's that's right. You no stay Jimmy away. G. Stay away, Jimmy G. But everybody else. But you know, I love the fact that he black out that term right there. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, does that happen to you? But think about it, basin audience, right now. If you're playing the game of football and you had a helmet on and you had a mouth guard in and you had all this protective gear right now, even if you didn't have the talent, right, my brothers and sisters, even if you didn't have the talent, wouldn't you like to just get a 10-yard run at somebody and way, way, just way lay him, take him out? Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you love to do that? Do you know how good that feels to run at somebody and boom, 
waylay. I, I honestly think there's a lot of men and women listening right now that are smiling in their cars or wherever they may be, shaking their heads up and down. You know what? That is kind of cool right there. To tap into the essence of the game of football is to drive somebody into the ground and do it with malice. That's the object of the game on an individual basis. So much of the time, beat your man. Beat him. Do you think the people driving around that you're referencing are thinking how great it would be to step onto this field and run full speed into Justin Pugh? Or do you think they're thinking to somebody in their office, they'd like oh, to yeah. run over and be like, second down, <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> It's somebody right there. You know, just how good that might feel right there to some mamas that are out there, right? And they got four kids, and they're all day, and they're they're taking care of these. You know what? Hey, kids. Well, they um, probably want to the most. Right, exactly. Take care just, of four kids. I, I'm going to go outside for a minute. I'm just, I'll be right back. <laughs> a mama's going to go outside for a minute, put the mouth guard in, and waylay somebody. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's got to, it, it feels so good to actually do it. And I, I love the fact that Kyle Shanahan is at least acknowledging that blackout, that blackout zone where it does happen. Hey, you know what? You should be. If you're not on the verge of fighting every play, what's wrong with you? Why not? Why aren't you on the verge of fighting every play, Luke? You should be. This is the most intense game on the face of the planet. The blood sport is what it is. You should be. Every every play you should be right up against the brawl line. And if you're not, why? Why aren't you? I want you to host those training videos they give out. Like if you're starting to work retail and they're like, okay, your first day you have to watch eight hours of training videos, like how to get along with customers and, and fellow employees. And I want you to do them, but from an NFL perspective. <laughs> Thank you. But, man, that resonates with me so much. There's a reason the he's game a successful of football coach. is like that. Yes, and this tells me that he does. Kyle Shanahan demands that from his guys. He he just said it right there that I don't care. You be as tense is it be as intense as you want to be. You you go ahead and I don't care if you talk trash and you bring it right up to the line and you're ready to black out. I don't care. You just can't ever do it on the football field and he's right about that but in practice every guy knows it it's going to happen from time to time and guess what you don't have to throw a punch i'll grab your face mask luke and i'll jerk it down over your nose trying to bust your nose that's why i never wear a face mask to the show it's just, it's just, uh, it's survival. Because at some point, you know, you're walking around and you're a little DB and your chin strap isn't really buckled. It's not buckled because you're a DB and you don't hit anybody. So you know what? When I get in, I'm grabbing your face, man, and I'm going to jerk it off right over your nose. And there might be some blood. And probably some fighting after that, after the fullback attacks the defensive back. I feel like that might... Only because I got cheap shot. Well, obviously, yes. That's, I that's would never do it. I, I would never do it and never did it. I never started it with somebody in terms of cheap shotting them. I only responded to that. 
What do you, for the record. What do you think these guys on the field think right now? we got the windows open. Wolf's up here doing a clinic on, on how to start things in practice. And I haven't seen anybody look up for too long, but there's no way they can't hear us if we get too loud. And you were definitely loud. Right Cliff is up there looking at me. He just jerk tone over the nose. Cliff's probably like, oh, that's, 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 that's just Wolf. And we got the big Arizona sports banner, so we can't even hide. Like, oh, that must be somebody else making that noise oh my goodness i feel so stupid no this um, is the best part okay um, i want to since we didn't really get to react to it yet too well marco wilson it's pretty I know, I'm, I'm yeah he's got the right okay. he's got the right mindset at what least. did you like about marco wilson i think <laughs> this flies in the face of a lot of what you just said i think you can be a relatively laid-back mellow guy and play corner in this league oh, he's a corner yeah yes <laughs> Come on. Of course. <laughs> I think you can be, and I think in some ways that might actually help you. And he he had a demeanor different than what I expected from him. I it wasn't it wasn't just that. You just you don't know until you talk to these guys face to face, like do you think you've already made it because you had a really good start to your rookie year? Or do you think you've got a lot to work on? He gave us specific examples of things he wants to work on. Yeah, you know, okay. A lot of guys don't say that. Okay, first of all, for me, you're right about that, Luke. First of all, for me, the fact that he is internally motivated, that that was the nugget from the entire conversation. Marco Wilson is internally motivated. He's not externally motivated. He's not trying to prove other people wrong because that, once you prove somebody wrong, guess what happens, Basinonians? You stop trying to do it. Oh, I already proved you, I proved you wrong, and I proved you wrong. I proved you guys wrong. So you know what? Now I'm just going to be me. No, you know what? You be internally motivated where once you, be, you constantly are proving it to yourself. Constantly. You're in a state of proving it to yourself. You're internally motivated. That, to me, is nugget number one from the Marco Wilson Well, I'll tell you, when, when I asked him about Cliff's comments last week about the jury still being out, I did like his answer of, yeah, the jury's still out on a lot of guys. That's why I got to play so much last year. It's <laughs> a good answer. I'm paraphrasing it a little bit, but that's essentially what he said. That is. He wasn't like offended by it, or if he, if it, if he was... You can be offended in a way where it's like, okay, here's a little extra for practice. Or you can be offended like, well, I've already arrived. I shouldn't have to hear stuff like this. He wasn't the second one. It's a great observation from a guy that still is inside a hockey dressing room. So, you know what? You you recognize it's, that. There's That's some really similarities. Important. Can I just say this as well? The other thing that really got my attention in regard to Marco Wilson was just the fact that he acknowledged his drop-off. Yeah. Hey, guys, I, I'm here to tell you right now, Base Underneath, are you kidding me? That is so important right there. Listen, you're never going to get better if you're not willing to tell the truth about what happened. If you're not willing to tell the truth, and I can tell you right now, there are some guys, there are some human beings, they can't consider that. Because if, in fact, they admit that they have a problem or they there's there's adversity there's an obstacle to overcome guess what happens a lot of them burst into a million pieces there are some guys that embrace it and say yes it happened acknowledge it and if they acknowledge that it happened now you got a chance to beat it now you got a chance to overcome it overcome that obstacle that's what jacked me up about Marco Wilson. He admitted it. He had a drop-off. 
hit the rookie wall, whatever you want to call it. He admitted he did it. Well, he said, he said, yeah, I, I probably hit the rookie wall without even realizing it. That, that, those that to me, exactly that just jacked me up. All right, when we come back, how are the Cardinals going to ramp up Kyler Murray as he returns this week with the first preseason game of the uh, the year coming up on Friday? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.